power. When we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. No bullshit. Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Ooh. No bullshit news hour, September 9th, 2020. Sorry, I had to rip up the show and redo it. I, I hate to do this for the second show in a row. It's October. What'd I say? It's September. You were a month behind last week, too. Sam's all hanging around September 11th. Yeah, yeah, You know why? Because federal authorities have charged six Michigan militia members with conspiracy to kidnap, yes, kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a plot which included weapons training, surveillance of the governor's vacation home, and secret recordings of dreams to storm the state capitol, shoot some people, and take hostages. Another seven face charges at the state level. And joining us will be former special agent in charge of the FBI field offices of New York, Detroit, and the International Terrorism Operations Director at FBI headquarters, Andy Arena, good friend of the show, smart man, and honest man, speaks regular English. Also, in light of that, last week we got a little bit of mail mm. on Gavin McInnes, Cowboys yeah. founder. We'll get to that. And... Uh, some of his old co-workers who uh, put the genius idea of Vice together, the new journalism, Jason Mojico, uh, Mojica and Trace Crutchfield, who have also started a super PAC wow. called Ixnay, the People's Super PAC. Such a great idea, I was going to do it. <laughs> I was too lazy and then COVID hit. I like the name, too. Yeah, maybe, maybe they can do something for me running next time around. Yeah, and Karen's here, too. Karen, as always, Mark Fellauer. And uh, at the end of the show, we have to do it. I got my ballot, my mail-in ballot. Yeah. I dropped it at the clerk's office. The next day, less than 24 hours later, it was mailed back to me and in my home. What? Yeah. Why? Because they're serious. I mean, huh. they're moving with all due speed to get this done. I, I found that interesting. Hmm. I don't even know how they call oh, your application, it. and then you got the ballot. I dropped the, the application, but, okay. but then the, it was mailed through the the, the the post office, and I got it the next day. Okay. So something's afoot here. Good. But uh, in any case, Agnes Hitchcock, um, who's really Black Lives Matter, who's really the community activist, who really bothers herself with what's going on, the Call Them Out Coalition, Make Us Hold Detroit, uh, the one-woman ban on Vote No on Proposal N will join us. So we got a lot to do. we got to move uh, but first, as always, American Coney Island, let me just say this. Downtown is dead. COVID hit everything. The businesses are gone. Quicken Loans not working from home. The government, even though everybody's still getting paid, is not in the office. Come on down to Michigan and Lafayette and support Michigan's oldest family-owned and operated restaurant. The creators of the world-famous Coney Dog at Michigan and Lafayette. Nice, it's safe, it's sunny, it's clean. 
come support, or you can always get the Coney Kit. Go to AmericanConeIsland.com, and all our guests today uh, will not be getting a Coney Kit because I can't afford them. <laughs> There's a lot of them today, yeah. But I am going to get you <laughs> compliments of Luke Nowacki from, um, what the fuck is Luke? Pinnacle Wealth. Thank you. Yes. Pinnacle Wealth. Uh, a Fix the Shit t-shirt. Beautiful. Which goes to help kids of our choice. Get some supplies, get a car, get a computer. We're close to the car, by the way. Good. Yeah. Excellent. And we're getting some um, file cabinets for school teachers that handle sensitive documents of students, like yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're psychological people. They don't have... They don't have filing cabinets that lock? No. Oh. Hmm. And that, in, in a roundabout way, is for kids because your privacy means something to us. Sure. Yeah, we're in a lot of trouble here, man. But uh, uh, Jason, Trace, Andy... Agnes, you'll all be getting a Fix the Shit t-shirt, compliments of Luke Nowacki, who reminds you, do not overreact with the ups and downs of the stock market. What did Luke say when he's at 19? There's opportunity here. It's panic. He was right. Don't invest by gambling. Get some advice. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well 248-663-4748. As you may not know, he's helping my mother. So if I'm bringing my mother to him, you know he's good. Yeah, he's real good. Yeah. Disclaimer time. Uh, two four eight six six three four seven four eight. Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well. Hit the disclaimer. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned, and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Andy Arena. Andy Arena. The FBI uncorked a nefarious plot. By 13 goofballs, the leader of which is living in the basement of a vacuum repair shop in Grand Rapids. You, one of the most badass law enforcement officers I've ever met. How real was this? Well, Charlie, I mean, even though they're irrational goofballs, uh, you got to take it seriously, right? Yes. Uh, anything, the world we live in now, everybody's agitated, everybody's angry. Uh, you just don't know what these people are going to do. And I keep, I will keep using two words, extremist and irrational, right? And those kind of go together. When those two come together, it's not good. Okay. So here's, let me, here's the, uh, FBI filing. Here's, here's what, what they said. Uh, what's this cat's name? Adam Fox. Adam Fox is one of them. Yep. Yeah. The ringleader. And so Fox is caught on a wire with one of his buddies, by the way, one of his buddies was freaking out because they're talking about shooting cops. Seems like everybody's talking about shooting cops now. Now we realize how important they are in our lives. Don't, don't shoot cops. Okay, here's what he says. <laughs> what, a, what a message. Don't shoot cops. Don't shoot cops. Pretty simple. I, now, you know how many of these groups in my career I've hung out with? Yeah. These militias? Ten? Yeah. The Oregon Three Percenters, the Bundy people, the Mountain Minutemen militia protecting us on the Mexican border, mm -hmm. the Ohio Three Percenters. I went on training maneuvers with the Michigan militia. Not geniuses. And always it's somebody on the inside cooperating. Always. You're infiltrated, you dummies. You dummies. Couldn't even tie your shoes, but they're dangerous. But here's the plan. Here's the plan. According to Adam, the vacuum cleaning dwelling basement guy. Yeah. Unemployed. Here's a quote. Snatch and grab, man. Grab the fucking governor. Just grab the bitch because at this point, we do that, dude. It's over. <laughs> And then after kidnapping the governor, the group would remove her to a uh, secure location in Wisconsin for trial. Yeah. Okay. Now, Fox suggests to his 
cohort, right? His his dark ops guys that they get a realtor <laughs> to help them find the exact location of the governor's vacation home and collect information on the surrounding homes and structures. Now, Andy, that is that conspiracy? The six guys are charged with conspiracy to kidnap. Now they did surveil the governor's vacation home. Is it conspiracy to drive around and take a look at it and just talk about it? Or is that protected in America as freedom of speech as long as you're not acting? So the, the First Amendment, you hit right on it, Joe. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States gives us the right to say damn near anything we want, right? It's when you start to take actions. And so it's going to be a series of things, and it, they're going to have to prove this in court, right? It's a hurdle that the government's going to have to get over. And we saw in the Atari case, they didn't go over it. We didn't get over that hurdle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a, a series of things. It's got to be surveillance, planning, training, uh, acquiring people, acquiring weapons. So if the government can show a number of these things, you know, steps, right? It's it's step by step by step uh, getting closer. You know, the plan you just read, we, we, we all chuckle about it and laugh. As I said, these are not rational people. Um, you know, just, just sitting around thinking, talking about these things on its own face is not enough. The government's going to have to show step by step by step that they were getting closer or at least attempting to get close to to pulling this thing off. Now, you're talking about the Hutari, which for the listener, you, you might not know. Michigan, we go through this. Timothy McVeigh stopped through here, the Michigan militia. The Hutari was what, about 2010. It was a group of they were living what not down river but near the ohio border in the country they threatened their plan was to kill a cop at the funeral of the cop they're going to wipe out blow up a bunch more cops is that correct Andy? you had a guy on the inside generally yeah generally yeah and the judges kicked it yeah why well, you know in her opinion the the steps that they had taken did not uh did not to take away the protections of the First Amendment. Um, you know, I will I will disagree with the judge's decision. It doesn't matter. I mean, the judge is the judge. So that that hurdle that is got to be um, get, gotten over by the government in this case. So they're going to have to show everything that these these knuckleheads did. You know, was a step towards actually doing what they were planning. You know, and talking about you know storming the Capitol, uh, going to the governor's. Uh, vacation home. I mean, you know, they're they're kind of all over the place. But you know, what steps did they take to to meet those those ends? Right? Yeah, that's going to be that, interesting. That's what's bothersome because let's let's go to the other nefarious plot, which is nefarious, which is they're talking about bringing their long arms to the Capitol, shooting the place up, taking hostages, including the governor. Now that doesn't take a group. That yeah. takes one, that's Las Vegas. That's one nut. And that should be a concern. Yeah. So Charlie, you, you just hit it right on the head. We were talking about a bunch of guys sitting around, you know, spitballing crazy ideas. Um, th that's really the concern of law enforcement, right? You, 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 uh, you find out these guys are thinking about doing this. You're able to infiltrate them. You're able to get some recordings. You know, how long do you let this thing go on? Because it just takes one, it takes one knucklehead on his own, just say, the hell with it. I'm not waiting any longer. Uh, he reads something in a paper or see, it just sets him off. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Uh, we've all seen it. You got people walking around with AK 47s and AR 15s inside the state Capitol. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's mind blowing. 
So Andy, one of those guys goes off the reservation, you got a problem in in a weird way. You know, Facebook lets these guys uh, meet and exchange ideas, but in another way, the more people involved, the more likely they are to get caught. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, so from a law enforcement standpoint, from a domestic in, uh, intelligence, and, and by the way, Charlie, you and I were talking about this last night. I just, you know, I teach a class on this at Cooley Law School. Last week we were talking about this. You know, what point do you cross that that threshold, right? Yeah. So um, law enforcement, we as American citizens, we don't want the FBI spying on us, right? They did it in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We don't want them to, spying on us domestically. They need reasonable suspicion to be, you know, snooping around on social media. So They've got to have a reason to be looking at these these knuckleheads. Fortunately, and you're exactly right. Fortunately, many of these groups give them the reason. Right? They're out there. Uh, they're recruiting. They're putting their ideas out there. Um, and then somebody will come to the feds and say, "Hey, you better watch these guys because A, B, and C." That's the reasonable suspicion to start looking at these guys. But yeah, it's always out there. If you look at any one of these terrorist plots, uh, most of them international or domestic when at the end of the day you go back and look and there was um there were there was information out there uh that that the law enforcement just didn't see yeah and i'm just going to make a statement here because we gone over this for a couple of years now you know we get called libtards what look look you all out i am a gun carrier i have a concealed uh pistol license i have long arms <clears throat> I'm not only a supporter of the first, a second amendment, I live by it, but I know, and now come on, you know that when they went to the Capitol earlier in the year, everybody remembers and they're shouting mm-hmm. and they're standing uh, above the legislative chamber. There's pictures of them. It was one, two of these six guys that were arrested. When you're walking around with that, that's you're intimidating people. That, that isn't my right. What that showed me was, yeah, we got a problem. It only takes these two assholes. What if they decided to use it? Like, there got to be some responsibility and some kind of barrier between your rights and mass mayhem. You think so, Karen? Yeah. And You're you know, a gun I wanted to ask, Andy, do, do, do you think the political climate is contributing to this? I know Facebook and social media on one hand are providing platforms, but then there's the oversight because they have been accused of allowing these kinds of things to foster. So what role is the political climate playing in everybody's wantingness, willingness or comfort level with coming out, so to speak? So two questions here. First of all, I'll talk about the social media. My perception, the social media companies have uh, have never uh, been been good corporate citizens, right? They have, they're out to make money. They don't care what's on there. They have never done enough, in my opinion, to police their, their platforms. Um, the second part is, you know, the political uh, environment that we live in, right? There's a, there's a lot of agitation in our world right now. And so from a law enforcement standpoint, you can't be just looking at right wing extremist white supremacists. You've got to be looking at anarchists. You've got to be looking at people all over the political spectrum. And oh, by the way, you've got groups like ISIS still out there, right? And so if you take your eye off the ball and you focus on one side or one group, you're going to get hit somewhere else. So law enforcement cannot be political, right? But you have to be aware of the political environment, right? So the next the next three weeks uh, leading up to and then after the election are going to be really interesting times in our country. I, I'm, I'm really concerned about um, the, the agitation in our society right now. And 
you know, all it takes is, is one to just go out and act on their own. Right. I've had enough. I've seen enough. Uh, and they go out and do something. And it's just it's concerning. Getting back to Charlie's point, you know, with, with people carrying guns. Hey, Charlie, I'm with you, man. I, I grew up uh, hunting. I have shotguns. Uh, I carried a weapon for all my years as an FBI agent. I'm I get it. Uh, I'm for what I call responsible gun ownership. You know, you better you better know how to use that thing. You better train. Uh, you better secure it. But, you know, listen, the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution was written when we had 20,000 British troops sitting across the Detroit River getting ready to invade, uh, invade this country. And so, you know, when you're talking about a, a well, uh, an armed militia, uh, I, this, what we're seeing today is not what I think the framers of the constitution. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and the, the point I wanted to make was, look, I respect you all out there, but you must admit by now the conversation earlier was that's your right. They weren't there to intimidate anybody. We know, we know by the wiretaps they were. They were scouting the place. They're gonna shoot people uh, up, and only yeah, after. Yeah. I, I listen. I said when it happened, it's intimidation. I mean, I don't see any other. I guess there are other purposes, but I, hey, listen, you're, you and I are standing there, Charlie. We look up and see dudes with you know with with long uh, semi-automatic rifles. I'm intimidated. I'm in, hell yeah, I'm intimidated. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was what their purpose, and I think this evidence shows that's exactly what was going on. There's a lot of fear out there. Um, of these groups of Antifa of ISIS out of all those groups, how scared should we be? And, and who should we be scared of the most in your opinion? <laughs> uh, how about a C all of the above uh, right now? It's a weird world. We're living in, man. There's just so much agitation out there. And I think we, we've got, we've got to be, we can't take our eye off any of these threats. Right. Uh, I think for many years post nine 11, you know, we, we really did not focus on the domestic threat as, as much as we should have. Is look the, at where we're at right now. Is, uh, there were many years we didn't we didn't look at Hezbollah because uh, we were so focused on Al Qaeda. Right? Hezbollah is a is an issue. Right? We can't take your, our eye off of any of these groups, and they all need the proper attention. Otherwise, they're going to bite, jump up and bite us. That's true, but we treat it like the boogeyman du jour. Yes. Right? It'll be ISIS yeah. one week. It's going to be Antifa the next week. It's the Wolverine militia the next week. And well, doesn't this show that we can maybe trust the FBI? Well, and, I do. And maybe trust, you know, law enforcement to break, you know, break these cases, to track them? I, 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 is there I too do. much well, fear out there? I, I am, uh, at this point, we can do it. Uh, Andy's retired were friends. I respect this man and what he's done in his career. I'm for law enforcement, good law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Bad law enforcement, you can fuck off. I'm on record with that. But yeah, if not for this, they look, I have no doubt one of these guys was going to do some crazy shit. Yeah. You, you're hearing it. They're meeting in a vacuum cleaning <laughs> repair shop basement like they're ISIS. One guy who's, and this is who these guys are, they're broke, semi-employed. That's probably why they're left angry. behind. Don't even understand the Constitution. Angry that Whitmer's taken, mm -hmm. you know, the Constitution into her own hands. Which is a legitimate beef, and it now gets lost with these guys. You got it, yep. Ah. Okay, Andy. Um, the day before yesterday, before they picked up these dildos, <laughs> uh, Eric Mark Matthew Allport, Right, who had served 11 years for shooting a cop, shooting at a cop, who lived 
near Ruby Ridge and was now living in Macomb County was taken down, shot, killed by FBI agents outside of a restaurant. Is there any connection in your mind between what would you call this guy? All pork. Um, well, he uh, allegedly had ties to the Boogaloo Boys. Allegedly. I mean, that's there's been that out there. So. What do we even call these guys? I, <laughs> Andy, what do you call them? Is there any connection? Would there be coordination, Andy? That seems awfully coincidental. Coincidental and convenient that one day you take a Ruby Ridge guy, the next day you take this militia group. Is there coordination amongst authorities? Well, I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the FBI that um, they're talking internally, it's going to be interesting over the next uh, couple of days, couple of weeks, just to see what comes out. I mean, obviously, the timing looks uh, looks odd, but you know, I'm not hearing or seeing any connection between these two between these two cases. But Charlie, it's not to say there there isn't something, right? They well, uh, I would assume, Andy, like give us your vast uh, experience, your insight. There would be discussion amongst agents. Yeah, listen, I mean, the head of the office um, now in Detroit, I'm sure, was briefed on all these, the second commands, you know, people talk. I mean, you're not just working in a vacuum. And so, especially when you've got operations like this coming down uh, within days of each other, there's a lot of coordination, a lot of work going, uh, put, put into these things. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be talking. You're going to have SWAT teams involved and, you know, they're not just going out and doing this uh, in a vacuum. Andy, how is this different than street gangs? I mean, they have names, they have agendas, they have, I mean, surely they may be different, but the composition of them sounds just like a, a another street gang. Yeah, you know, they're, they're criminal organizations. That, that's, that's exactly what they are. Be it the mob, the mafia, street gangs, terrorist organizations. I, I remember years ago, I was trying to explain to uh, Congressman Peter King uh, what Al-Qaeda was like, right? And he just couldn't get it. And uh, surprise, you know, he's, from he's from New York. So I started explaining it's like the Gambino crime family. And, you know, uh, uh, Bin Laden is like uh, John Gotti. And then he has capos. And and after, you know, I'm like, well, that was a pretty good analogy. Right. So when I when I first took over counterterrorism operations for the FBI, I brought in organized crime agents to work the, the target. Right. Because they got the concept. They got the concept of criminal enterprise and criminal organization. So. Yeah, there's there's really not a whole lot of uh, of difference in structure in how these 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 folks operate than than a, a street gang. Uh, Andy, you were telling me last night uh, you asked questions of your students um, about how they see. I guess you're trying to take their temperature of how they look at things politically. You said, "What's the difference between Proud Boys and Antifa?" Is that basically the question you ask of them? Yeah. So, you know, it's a terrorism class. And so I asked students, you know, we're talking about what is a terrorist? What is the definition of a terrorist? One man's freedom fighters, another man's terrorist. So, and I, I started the class out, Charlie, and I asked him, you know, is anybody hurt? And now these are obviously not our generation. You're younger than me, but, you know, I asked him about the African National Congress. And these kids have never heard of the African National Congress, right? And I explained to them they were a certified designated terrorist organization back in the 19. 60s fighting apartheid in South Africa. And I asked him, you know, who the leader was? And they don't know. And I said, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was was uh, jailed for terrorism. Now, I don't think there's anybody on uh, on the earth other than, you know, a super, super white supremacist that would say Nelson Mandela was a terrorist, right? So time changes how we look at things. But, you know, I'm just looking at our definition and how we look at terrorism and what's going on in the world today. You know, and I take I take somebody from the left and somebody from the right and say, oh, look at our definition. 
you know, and it it sparks a good conversation and a good debate amongst people. Um, and what I'm trying to do is get them to open their eyes uh, to what the First Amendment is and are these groups terrorists? Are they not? What's protected? What's not? What's the line? Um, you know, and try to get them to move forward in, in the class. But it's always very it's very interesting to to kind of spark that conversation, particularly amongst young people. It's a funny line because I, I think you're allowed to say what you want. It, it comes down to action, what, what you're actually doing. So maybe even with Hootery and, and these guys, hey, maybe we're not going to convict them, but it's better to neutralize them now because the plan was to do it before the election. Is there a little bit of that in play? Yeah, well, part of it, Charlie, is how long, as I said, the FBI can't get political. But, you know, how long do you let something like this go on, right? If, if one of these guys gets loose and decides, you know, and shakes coverage, it does something, you know, God help us. So, you know, you're, you're weighing that out. You're balancing how long do you let this thing go to gather evidence uh, with, with the possibility that, that they're able to, to pull something off. So I'm, I'm just guessing that they got to the point where, like, you know, this is getting so – angry and there's so much virtual out there we got it we just can't let this go anymore okay beautiful listen we i'm gonna let you go brother but uh, sit there i'm gonna we're gonna try to call the owner of the vacuum repair shop but in the meantime this is me about two years ago this group remember that that was arrested yesterday and charged went down to ohio dublin ohio to have some meetings I went down to Dublin, Ohio to have some meetings with the militia, right? A whole bunch of them. They're going to let me film them. We're talking about just what we're talking about. And then when that was done, we had the motorcycle rally and they brought their weapons to downtown Columbus. They invited me out for maneuvers in Southern Ohio, the Ohio three percenters, right? Do we got that? We got it. Here we go. Oh, we're going to do that. These Ohio guys, most of them are weekend warriors and not veterans at all. And let's just say they're not exactly special forces. If these guys are planning to come to my home in Detroit and save me and my family, I want to know exactly what they think they'll be saving me from. If you're listening, what's going wrong? Go ahead. What do you want? What is it you'd like fixed or changed? Because there's people listening, not watching. Uh, Well, I'm on maneuvers. We're doing the 50 meter mud crawl, you know, on your (laughs) belly, right? And I go around all these guys. And then one guy's back there stuck in the mud. And a fucking reporter from Detroit's got to go back in the mud amongst all that fire yeah. and haul him out. You seem so, to be in a little better shape. I, I don't need you idiots coming to save me because I'm going to have to save you and we're both going to get hurt. Play that. <laughs> I have this, I have it uh, frozen right now, and you pulling him out of the, out of the mud. I can't see it, but neither can okay. listen. But right. it, it was stupid. <laughs> it's just it's a funny, he funny ritual. If these guys are planning to come to my home in Detroit and save me and my family, I want to know exactly what they think they'll be saving me from. What's going wrong? Go ahead. What do you want? What is it you'd like fixed or changed or better in this country? Not every Muslim's bad. The problem is, is the. The radicals that we have in this country, they made it hard for us to know who's bad and who's not. So the biggest thing we get to worry about are the Muslims living in this country? It's, it's bad. Because like where I live, the issues work. Like it's, 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 the schools are shit. You're absolutely right. This is what I'm mad about. Those are little issues. They're huge to me. It's but unfortunately this country's gotten this, this bad. 
and so radicalized that we have to do this. I'm 43 years old. I don't want to be out here doing this. Use all my vacation all year just to keep up. For real, right? Are you the radical? I don't know. We don't, it's not that easy to get in. It's just, you don't come up here and say, I want to be 3%, you're in. No. You know, we want upstanding citizens. We don't want, you know, we don't want guys to start trouble. That's not what we do. We don't start trouble. Gotcha. But, look, and I, these guys don't have anything to do with what happened yesterday, as far as I know. But th this is the community. And you do start trouble. They do start trouble. You walk around fucking long arms, talk about Muslims, and then it switches to lefties and yeah. Hillary, and then yeah, we just got to stop. Right? And I don't, is, is it Trump's fault, Andy? Did, did Trump do this, or has this been with us for a while? I think it's been with us for a long time, Charlie. It's, it's, it's become a little more fashionable, but you know, you know, it's funny how we start about these guys. It's kind of like when we were kids, uh, I'm a little older than you, but I grew up in Southwest Detroit. You know, the guy, we used to go play Army, right? We get our mm -hmm. play guns and we crawl around and stuff. And, you know, these guys are playing Army, but they're 43 years old. So, you know, it comes to the point where you got to <laughs> stop playing Army unless you want to join the Army, right? Well said. And yeah, and if you want law and order, no, actually, don't join the police. Don't, don't. We don't. Yeah. We don't need that. No, that's don't, another issue. Play on. <laughs> don't do that. All right. Well, oh, and Andy Arena. So I'll give you my thoughts on police uh, hiring and training and what do I think the issue. Is. But yeah, you're exactly right. You know, like, <laughs> you want to play army? Go join the army. Don't, don't be doing this crap on the weekend. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Give me the breaking news. Give me the baby, baby, baby. Oh, I oh just called. Right. Go ahead. I'll just have to go do ahead. it. Boop, 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 boop. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> The Detroit police are sponsoring a drive-through application process. Yes, you can drive up and apply hmm. for Detroit police, and I'm doing it. Good. Tomorrow morning, I will be applying to be a cadet in the next class of the Detroit Police Department. Put up or shut up. Where are they doing it at? That's pretty cool, Charlie. Police headquarters. <laughs> police headquarters. Okay. Yep. Uh, here's what you need if you're thinking about it. It's pretty rigorous. You have to have a pulse. <laughs> you can't have been convicted of a felony. A felony. You could be arrested for as Charged, long as you want. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you must have a driver's license. You must have proof of a GED equivalent or better. Mm. And um, you have to be able to do 28 push-ups and 28 setups. That's it? That's it. Mm. There you go. Do that, Charlie. I'll go with you. I know. <laughs> That's it. That's what's going on in this country. Let me ask you this. Have the standards changed or is that just, they just need police right now? And that's. Look, you've got Andy you know? Arena. Andy? The guy who's head of counterterrorism. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> Andy, do you know if policing standards for new cadets have changed? I don't, I don't know if they changed. I know it, the difficulty in, in hiring people is much greater. I mean, obviously with everything that's going on, but mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, I hope they're not lowering this. I hope nobody's lowering their standards. You, you can't in law enforcement. We have to have high, high standards. That's part of the issue right now, right? It's, it's how we're recruiting and who we're recruiting and, and how we're hiring them, how we're training them. You know, the Michigan State Police, it's still like, uh, you know, it's still like Paris Island. And, you know, is that how we should be training cops today? I I don't think so. But that's that's just my opinion. I hope they're not lowering the standards. All right. Uh, listen, brother, Andy Arena. Um Former FBI big shot, really the, the the best guy in America to talk to about this. And um, are you still with the Detroit Crime Commission? 
Yeah, I am, Charlie. Yeah, I'm doing that and teaching a little bit. Oh, you got your my, hands full. Watch my, I'm watching my girls play field hockey and basketball, like, kind of like you. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. I love you. Thanks, dude. Uh, watch out for yourself and uh, look forward to having you back. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you later. All right. We're Hi, gonna, Andy. This, Hi. this phone call to um, Brian Titus of Vac Shack is brought to you by ADR Consultants. If you're a construction outfit doing business, vacuum repair shop, getting your balls busted by the man downtown. You cannot handle the bureaucracy. You need to keep to the rules. You want to grow your company? Barry Ellen Tuck at ADR Consultants. Honest, ethical, smart. Shaq, may I help you? Yes. Can I speak with Brian, please? This is Brian. Hey, Brian, this is Charlie Leduff over in Detroit at the No BS News Hour. Oh. Uh, does, that, does that translate into no comment? Hello, that Brian. Wasn't very nice. No, I'm sure. I'm sure that was just some static interference. From the CIA, <laughs> Global Communications Capture Network. Wait, what? Hey, how, wow. how, does, how does he know you don't need a vacuum fix? What, what, was, I, was, was I mean to him? I do need my vacuum fix. <laughs> well, there you go. Call him back. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can imagine he's being bombarded. Yeah, but hey, Brian. He's not going to answer. He might. He might. Well, maybe Charlie just wants to get his vacuum fixed. <laughs> Hello, Brian. I'm send you a voicemail. It's the fucking CIA again. Do you, do you hear him jamming our calls? Yeah, yeah, he's not. Okay. Good luck, Brian. Well, I'm sure Brian wow. was just trying to help a young man out. He that that's what he said. So I'll I'll go with that. Where? What did he say? You called him yesterday? No, no, no. But he's been quoted saying that uh, I felt bad for. Uh, I think Adam Fox is the one living there. However. Wouldn't he know there was meetings going on in the, through the trap door of the vacuum store in the basement? I don't know. Well, but, see, that's the sort of question. He hasn't why, been like, arrested, so. Like, those are the hardball questions. That's <laughs> not really he that must hard. Have heard, he must be talking it's, to the governor and the mayor knowing full well that you don't just give empty quotes to the no bullshit news out. I think that was pretty odd. <laughs> Good luck, Mr. Titus. Yeah, but you don't hang up either. That wasn't necessary. That was rude. <laughs> much, we're going to have you send him a card, Karen. Karen, have you ever hung up on anybody? Can I get I this? Can I get okay. this down here? Yes, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've hung up on people before, but, but but people know why I hang up on them. I'm going to tell them why I'm hanging up on them. I'm not just going to just hang up. I want you to understand why I'm hanging up. You know who's not going to hang up? Who? Barry Ellen Tuck at ADR Consultants. <laughs> get the job done right on time on budget uh, for uh, your company, municipality, or law enforcement agency. They deal in IT, telecommunications, software eavesdropping spot chatter all of that business everything they do everything i even called them up and said hey man the guys that just did my kitchen am i supposed to tip them hmm. good, good question are you yes no you should no oh. no it's not the Why? because you're paying the contract they all get paid a very uh, good way yeah. he well, said see, no 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 well, no, this is guy right. talk. This is, this is tool time. <laughs> we tools will talk to ourselves. You get them a bottle of whiskey or something. You start tipping, then everybody wants a tip. Uh, that's true. That's why you <sighs> are going to have a bidding process. That's what I was told. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, Honest Ethical Smart, uh, for all your business needs, Burial and Tuck, ADR Consultants. Okay, now, what else are we supposed to get to? Oh, yeah. Before I bring in these guys, uh, really, 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 though, I mean, who takes Vice, magazine, TV, the whole enterprise to a level that everybody in the world tries to imitate now. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
Really. This mm-hmm. is sort of the second generation when they move out of Montreal and they come to Brooklyn and they really start to explode. You really got to say Trace Crutchfield, who I would say invented their video. Right, they're 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 crazy. The style, yeah, yeah, man. A little bit of Gonzo out, journalism. A lot of Gonzo journalism. Yeah, uh-huh. Good looking, right? Just real, yeah. real funky <laughs> to the point. Um, he and uh, Jason Mojica, who ends up running the whole damn thing, and then I went to work for Jason for a while. Wow, so we're gonna have those guys. Those guys <laughs> came in under uh, the Aegis and and uh, the, the the one of the co-founders of Vice, which was. Gavin McGinnis, now the founder of the Proud Boys and in the news, and we got a little bit of mail. Oh, yeah. Most people understood what we were doing, right? Some people were upset we didn't give him a chance to talk. I, I disagree with that. Oh, we gave him a chance. He talked yeah. too much. He, we gave him too much time. That, that was, <laughs> I'm a fan. That's who we should have hung up on. Look, look. We, no, he did. He did we, we let you talk about, like, you're just out there to keep the peace, but you should beat people's heads in that. You know, that's what he's... Then when you start denying slavery and, and you know, genocide of Native people, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, you kind of lose me there, too. So, but, and then, you know, when I'm, we're making a point of like, hey, man, what's with you shoving a black dildo up your ass? The point being, <laughs> the guy said some pretty hateful shit about trans people, right? He, he really has. He got thrown out of his own advertising firm that he started for doing such shit. This isn't. We, we gave him a chance, but you know, I'm not dear Mr. Hitler. You know, I, I know you were democratically elected and let him go off on a mind comp speech. I'm not doing that. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he's not a Hitler, but I, I know what you mean. I, I thought he had a chance to speak and it got a little bit off the rails and then it's just fuck it. And then it ended with, uh, with this. Can you explain a black dildo up your ass. Roll that. Uh, what what is that? joke? A joke. What, yes, we Okay, guys, look, before we go anywhere else, I also got this part. Look, I understand what a dildo's for. It's for sexual pleasure. and I, I get that. You don't know anything. I'm not going to do like, my uncle's a gay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, that's not what that was about. What it was about was how ironic. Gentlemen, you worked with the guy. What was he like? I, I, I did not overlap with the Venn diagram. of uh, Go on, Trace. Venn diagram. So, but, uh, but yeah. I like you holding your hands right. together, though. He sure you did. Holding your hands together like that reminded me of the dildo that Gavin Like, I, I heart dildo. <laughs> you saw what he was doing with his hands. I came later. But anyway, but I digress. Trace, was that fair? What, what was, was what fair? The way you handled it? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I mean, he, he did it for a laugh, I think. And then why he got upset about it, it was a little weird to me. But okay, I mean, look, you guys were—you guys like created the hipster Bible. You're the Uber dudes. 
right? What what was happening there? How, how does he spin out going to the right and you guys are creating a media conglomerate of liberalism? How does that... It's, it's, really, it's really kind of hard to say. I mean, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, we hadn't worked together for like 13 years or so. And he always wanted to shock people so much, right? And he was he shocked people on the left, but he slowly started going to the right. And it was just like you saw him in a video game just careening to the right, and you were thinking, what the fuck is he doing? Are you going to come back? And all of us, you know, ended up cutting bait with him because it was just too much, you know? There's just no explaining what the fuck is going on in his head, right? I, I've talked about it before. If you're going to make a choice to become a right-wing pundit or a right-wing commentator... That's one thing, because he always wanted to be kind of in showbiz, but he got so radicalized, not even the right word, so reactionary that even Fox News said, you're too much for us. And I thought, dude, this is a bad business decision. It's a bad philosophical decision. There's just no winning. And I just think he couldn't control himself. I really don't know the answer. Well, Chase, that's what I wanted to ask you is, do you think he, I mean, he's, I'll give him this. He's a smart guy. He's a very hard worker. Do you think he believes it? You know, this is the question everybody asks. I don't know, you know, and I've been saying that for a long time. I don't know if he really believes it, but because he carries on this way so much, that's who he is, right? There, there's just not another moment where he lets his hair down and he pretends like he's not believing that. So all we can really do is take him at his action, right? I mean, it's the same old thing they say about Trump. Don't listen to what he says. Watch what he does. Hmm. Well, and he says he doesn't do anything. He's just there to protect free speech of those who have a conservative bent. And I get a lot of mail from people that are fans of his. Is that all I mean, I would say that these guys, they all got this bee in their bonnet about going to college universities. And then when people would protest, they would get mad. And it's, it's just, it's so ideal that everybody's like a total libtard, like you mentioned, until they become an Antifa super soldier. Like you don't have to do anything. You're a simpering baby libtard. But the minute you say anything, you're like, oh, you're a dangerous leftist. It's just, it's all grievance, right? They all feel like something's being taken away from them. But really all they're, all they're, what's happening is they're being booed. They don't like being heckled. You know, they talk a little bit about a lot of these right-wing guys are failed comedians. And essentially when people come out and boo Gavin at a university or something, he thinks that they want to kill him. But the, the reason things get ratcheted up is because of the language he used. Huh. Interesting. It, okay, let's leave it at that. I had enough of that. But it is really interesting. Yeah, like, you know, here's a guy's performance art metastasizes into uh, a discussion between homegrown terrorism. Yeah. Right? All, all this, it's like, I don't even. Let me calm down. This is what, what my whole life's like. <laughs> I, I look at this. And what's real, like you guys are real. You, you're from a real place. You know the real person. You watched it really happen. It's the same with me and those guys in the cornfield. Mm -hmm. What I'm being fed, what I'm screaming about, what I'm afraid about, and what you actually really see are two different fucking things. Everybody lives in their own mind, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of where we all are. How we're all, we perceive ourselves being perceived. And those guys just get, I mean, it's impossible to explain. It really is impossible to explain what, what, what's going on with Gavin. I have no idea. And look, I'm going to respect y'all. You know me. I'm, I'm going to respect y'all. So you don't hurt anybody. You put whatever you want in your ass. 
right? <laughs> Have somebody put whatever. You know, I don't care. I, I, I love everybody. Just don't hurt anybody, and, and we're going to get along. Say, say what you want. I'm not going to hang out if I don't like what you're saying. I can't control anything more than that. It's your actions. So now, speaking of action, you two leave Vice, Jason, and you start a super PAC. First of all, question is, did you get paid when you left Vice? Oh, no, sadly. No? You didn't get, get some of those uh, Shane stocks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that those are worth anything, but uh, no. Huh, I mean, because this, yeah, I mean, there's HBO. There's, uh, well, that that's an interesting thing, because what is what is the value of Vice? Are they making money? Because there's been a criticism of that, that they just are sucking money out of things. Are they profitable? Yeah. Do you know? Beats the hell out of me. Okay. I don't know. What's right. the revenue, profit, all these terms get used <laughs> in kind of mystical sort of ways. So I, let me read between yeah. the lines there. You, you, you were there. You, you weren't making any fucking money, but you're like, this is great. I'm getting paid well, and there's booze all around the, the office here, right? It's a goddamn mm -hmm. party. Now you're out, and who cares? So now, you guys, this is the greatest. I, I, I called you up a while ago. Think about running for office here, like U.S. Senate, because ours, our, our choices here are just oatmeal, just yeah. terrible. <laughs> right. yes. And you said you had formed a super PAC with Trace. Explain right. what it is. Well, before that, I remember asking you if you were prepared to win, because I really thought you would win. And, and actually, there's still a few weeks. I mean, can't you? No, I mean, look, the co COVID killed all this, first of all. You can't get signatures, hmm. right? So it had to be done last year. Or it wasn't going to happen. So that's why I said, too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Because I really could have, you know, we really could have had a discussion. I'm with Jason. I think he would have won. Huh. Guess what I have here? No Bullshit News Hour is my super PAC. There are, <laughs> there are people who fund it. We do get to bring out the ideas. And we don't have to be afraid. And we get things changed. So now, you found Ixnay. Like, two guys. Like, fuck it. Why don't we just be a super PAC? Yeah. What is a super PAC? I don't know. Start when Citizens United happened, everyone understandably was a bit wound up and, and people get really uh, bent out of shape, understandably about millions of dollars of corporate money flowing into politics. But at the same time, I saw an opportunity and it's that, you know, schlubs like us can also with, you know, a, a form that is easier than starting a business in your, uh, you know, home state, uh, start a super PAC uh raise unlimited amounts of money sadly we haven't found anyone to give us unlimited amounts of money and also you know play the same game that uh, our political enemies play which is to uh create and run ads on television facebook uh twitter no longer um you know and, and, engage, and engage in uh, a lot of political mischief did, did twitter so, kick so you is ixnay uh are those acronyms or is that pig latin for nicks oh yeah it's pig latin okay. You know, which, which we're finding is a, is a generational. It's, it's, it, it kind of shows our age. It does. <laughs> not mine too, because I know what it was. Did you get kicked off yeah. Twitter? Twitter, you know, recently uh, canceled all political ads. They stopped taking mm -hmm. political ads, which was kind of uh, a bit ridiculous because they weren't really making much money on political ads. So it wasn't a painful decision for them. Oh, there's a lot of money political ads. We won't take them. I, I thought about that earlier in the year too. We take them, but no, we're not, we're not doing it. So what is the sole purpose of Ixnay? Is it just to get rid of Trump? Yes. Are you a flaming liberal? 
We, I don't think that we really have. I mean, when we started this thing, we really didn't have any political agenda, except that we had seen that, especially living here in New York, you've seen Trump for 30, 20 or 30 years just acting only in his self-interest. And in 2018, when Jason and I first really started talking about it, and he was he asked me, what do you know about super PACs? And I was like, they're fucked up. Fuck super PACs. And he goes, Trace, I think you should think about it a little harder. And I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, you're right. We could have one. We just decided to take it on on our own and really to just try and get Donald Trump out of office. We haven't really latched on to anything else. You know, uh, political politicians are really sort of afraid of super PACs. So you can't really just glom on to somebody's campaign. You know, like Charlie mentioned at the top, we sort of went to take to attack Ted Cruz you know, obliquely in a way, which meant that we were up. kind of to, to support Beto O'Rourke. But it wasn't just because we were for Beto O'Rourke. And Beto O'Rourke probably was like, this is the last fucking thing I need. <laughs> this dude down here <laughs> talking about Ixnay. Yeah, but it just know, seemed like, a, it actually seemed kind of like a business opportunity where we could make mischief and have fun with politics because we do like to joke about that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, see, what's cool is like when you were young and hip and you made some money, then you can be middle-aged and fuck with people. <laughs> it's like the dream in America. <laughs> and now, is. you know, Ted Cruz is a fucking Canadian just like Gavin McGinnis. They should go home and they should take Justin fucking Bieber and Jennifer Grant home and never look back. Get out of here. Got enough yeah. problems. Now, America first. <laughs> first, last, and always, baby. Um, before we let you go, you guys, uh, so your latest endeavor here was to cast voodoo magic on Donald Trump. Can you explain, please? Yeah, well, look, I mean, the last thing we want is for it to be uh, November 4th and us to feel, be kicking ourselves that we left any option on the table when it comes to removing Donald Trump from office. So while we've done, you know, the hard work, we've, we've done ads, we've, we do phone banks, uh, you know, traces over there sitting there handwriting postcards. We've had tons of volunteers to do that sort of thing. Um, you know, a guy we know in Chicago named Shane Bugby, who's kind of a, a master of the occult, you know, made some offhanded comment on social media about Donald Trump using chaos magic. And, uh, you know, I recently read some book about the use of sigils against uh, Hitler during World War II. And, uh, and I said, what we need is a sigil to get rid of Donald Trump. And, uh, and he agreed. And he, you know, kind of put together what we're calling a coalition of the witching to uh, create a sigil designed to uh, encourage the voting out of Donald Trump. And so uh, the first ritual use of the sigil was by Shane Bugby on the 28th. Uh, and, you know, what happened was we were planning on just kind of doing this in the background. And then all sorts of spooky shit started happening in the campaign. And we got a bit freaked out, like, maybe we don't know what we're messing with here, you know? And, so you did, and, uh, you did a like, voodoo doll, basically. <laughs> and you hired a warlock to hex Donald Trump. And then the fucker almost dies. Yeah. And you're proud of yourself on this because it's actually got. No, actually, I was like, we have to stop. I, I literally was like, we can't do this. When he first went to the hospital, I was like, we got to cool this a little bit. But then by the end of the day, I was like, nah, turn it back off. Man, my brother, oh. just, my brother is hanging onto a factory job here, right? Oh, what the fuck? I don't know what to do. And these fucking guys are playing around with voodoo dolls and shit. 
<laughs> Can you guys put this to good work? It's even easier than a doll. <laughs> so but, well, we also wrote a pop song called the, the Pina Colada song, which was just a ripoff of the Rupert Holmes song, the Pina Colada song about Donald Trump stepping aside. Yeah, no, here's the thing. Everything. We You're, write music. We're, we're, we're sending postcards to 65-year-old women in Pennsylvania who like to read and have never missed an election. We're, we're doing anything we possibly can. Have you gone down to the county clerk's office and volunteered to count absentee ballots? I haven't, but I am a poll watcher. I'm, I'm going to be working on the poll starting on October 24th. Oh, socially, socially distanced. Okay, be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of rules. Got a lot of plastic and stuff in there. All right, boys, uh, listen. What did, wait, wait, wait. Trace, yeah. what does your shirt say? I've been trying to read it ever since you've been oh, on. What says, can you read it? It's a picture of Dwight happy. Eisenhower. It says, we're not happy until you're not happy. Okay. And who's <laughs> the guy who makes, who prints our posters? So we started, we early on started doing a lot of DIY stuff, with, uh, postering all over the country and sending these posters out to people. And the guy who makes the posters gave me this shirt. Pretty cool. All right. Obsolete. His his name of his company is Obsolete Industries because he knows that his company doesn't have long for this world. Boys, uh, give <laughs> give everybody uh, the website where they can find your work and what you're doing, Ixna, etc. It's uh, ixnaypac.org. I-X-N-A-Y-P-A-C. Look for it. Okay. And uh, geez, I wonder what you're going to do if this guy loses. I mean, what's everybody? What's all these pundits and lame yeah. writers and <laughs> what's everybody going to do? If you lose it, we're going to turn on your campaign. We're going to come help you. <laughs> ah. Well, you're going to be a policeman by then. <laughs> Man, I'm just doing stuff. Yeah. I'm going to count ballots. I'm going to apply and see see what's possible. I'm. You might already be a policeman by then, though, Charlie. Yeah, you're going I'm... when? Tomorrow? Yes, mañana. Hey, I wanted to say Rob one thing Spanuel, before, we, uh, before we get out of here. Because yeah. I was listening to the show. Um, and now I don't want to speak for Jason because he's from Chicago originally. He's got his own thing. But in the past, when I've been to Detroit, I was always a Lafayette to me guy. But now you've changed my mind. I'm off Lafayette. Bro, I'm going to tell you real quick. It's a family recipe at American. The dogs are made specifically for American. The onions are Vidalia. And during the shutdown, we even scrubbed the ceiling. I'm, uh, one day we're going to have Grace and Ali on. And I want to know why they chop onions next to the toilets at Lafayette. I just, whoa, whoa. not doing. Downstairs in that, in, the, in the room. You've seen it. But they're right next door to each other too, Lafayette and America. That's right what makes it kind of cool. And you know what? Whatever you do, support them both. Come down it. You know what I mean? This shit's hurt a lot of people. They're going to make it. They've been there for both nearly 100 years. American for 103. So support your local business. Great. Thank you, boys. Yeah. And uh, I'll call you after the show. Right? I appreciate your time. Right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, guys. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. That uh, was Jason Mojica and Trace Crutchfield. A fucking fabulously talented guys. Right? Yeah. And yeah. again, so so is uh, Gavin McGinnis. I mean, even if you disagree with the um, what the Super PAC's trying to do, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting seeing it come up from the grassroots or ground level of two guys. Cause there's a lot of dark money out there and a lot of super packs that come from the top. They're expressing themselves I, and fucking around and just doing some performance art. You know what I mean? Sure. But and I, they, and they did it respectfully. That was a right. great conversation. No craziness. Like last week, that guy was psycho, man. I don't care what he was saying. What, this was you, at least a decent conversation. Karen, are you saying a dildo in the butt isn't funny? 
<laughs> no, that no, that, but it can be fun to me, Mark. No don't, doubt about don't that. Do it. I just wanted you to comment on it. Look, don't. billions <laughs> of people cannot be wrong. Dildos. Charlie, be fun. now you want to make me hang up on you. Let's talk about something oh, that's okay. no BS. Oh yeah, news. Karen, Karen, that's BS. You ever use the dildo, Karen? <laughs> no, no, vibrator. Charlie, don't. Oh, she, push did, it. she did. She did. She no, did. She did. Not that either. But I don't want to talk about all that. You know that's not. She's Stop a woman. It. Stop it. Okay, I'm sorry, Karen. You know. Wait a minute. What did the guy? What, remember the guy last week called me a prude? Is that what he called me? <laughs> Called you an old cow. Shit wasn't funny. Called you an old cow, man. What fuck him? If if he'd done half of for for society, what you've done? I mean, really. Look, you know the the, the point being. Look at that. There's three men. Really, you know, not just them, of mm. course. They create something of the age. Yeah. And one guy's whoa, way over here. These guys are a little left to center. Vice is interesting for so many, so many reasons. I think they they do different work. I think a lot of it's good. Some of it I'm not such a fan of, but the inside working of it is oh, is, is fascinating to me because I I don't know what you know. It almost got too big too fast for him. I think. Yeah, and it's falling. Does that make sense. Off, yes, it's falling off the cliff. All you got to do is what's ever come now. Google it, and you'll see it from four months ago somewhere. <laughs> Super lefty spin. It's like it just lost the zip that attracted you to it. Yeah, yeah. I, right, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. This clip upward is, and upward, gentlemen. This clip is brought upward. to you by Hall Financial, who wants you to know mortgage rates at an all-time low. They are the fastest in the state. They get your loan done as quickly as nine days, twice as fast as their competitors. I tell you this all the time. Oh, by the way, it's more than 5,000 five-star reviews now. Mm -hmm. Boom. Right? Don't get caught thinking about it. It's not going to cost you. You're going to save. Whether it's getting equity out of your home or it's purchasing that home, you know, whether you got to loosen up some cash, Get it done. Go to davidhallmortgage.com or call 248-308-5000. You get very personalized service. They'll even get you a realtor. Yeah. They won't come in your home. COVID cases are going up again. Oh, right? they, yes, they are. And the movie theaters are opening. Make sense of that. Right. So get, get your virtual appraisal. Go to davidhallmortgage.com or 248-308-5000. I did. Bob did. You did, Mark. I have, yeah. Yep. Uh, NMLS number 1467435. And I mean it, and I thank them for their support. This clip brought to you by DavidHallMortgage.com. This is the governor giving us her feelings about being the target of a nefarious kidnapping plot from the basement of Titus's vacuum shop. Um I'm not going to comment. I just want people to hear it. You want to hear it first? Okay. I do. It's uh, it's interesting how she handled this. Just trying to reframe it here. Okay, here we go. This should be a moment for national unity, where we all pull together as Americans national to unity. meet this challenge head on with the same might and muscle that put a man on the moon. Seeing the humanity in one another and doing our part to help our country get through this. Instead, our head of state has spent the past seven months denying science, ignoring his own health experts, stoking distrust, fomenting anger, and giving comfort to those who spread fear and hatred and division. 
Just last week, the President of the United States stood before the American people and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. Stand back and stand by, he told them. Okay, look. Here's a moment where you lead. This is me. You think what you want. Here's what I think. My program. There's a moment to absolutely lead. Thank you, law enforcement. I know it's been a terrible year for you, but you're vigilant and you work and you keep us safe. That would have been nice. She could have said, here's a moment where we come together, right? We drop the differences. Remember what's good about all of us, right? Yes. And we move forward. I feel, I told you this before the show, I feel like she has um, election 2020 blinders on, just focused on Trump, really. I mean, every time she talks about something, he comes up. And she could have played it, and I wish she would have played it a little bit differently. Because I really do think that there's probably a lot of fear knowing that this was going on. But she chose, because I think she's just so focused on this election, to go the route she went. Karen? You know, Charlie, I keep saying this. Everything is performative and political and almost exploitative. I, I don't I don't trivialize the fact that the threat may have been real, but I, I just everything shouldn't be for one's personal gain. Let's not exploit it. Let's take it for what it is and like you said, lead and move forward. I just I'm I'm over all of it, to be honest with you. I, I really am. So look at that. I'm gonna ask you a question I, though, Charlie. Yeah. Do, how 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 when do you think she was made aware of it? Oh, early on. I mean, because this, you know, it had been going on for a while. This chat has been going on since spring, yeah. late winter, right? Yeah. The, uh, they have their chatter from going to the state house with the long arms, yes. right? She talked about the death threats, and we all went like, what death threats? Remember? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. the, the FBI itself, according to sources, and you might have met one today, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, was... There was a bulletin going around the different bureaus saying uh, a state house has been targeted. You know, there's a credible threat is what it said. Now you know what it was. That was August. They put the fence up at the governor's mansion saying that was a year in the making. I don't think so. She knew. They they had their eyes on these guys. And maybe that was a diversion. So they thought that she didn't know or something. My thing is everything, you know, you shouldn't, and and I told Charlie this earlier, is that people should not, you know, use things for their own advantage at the expense of the people that they serve. I I just, everything isn't about self-servitude. I I mean, it shouldn't be. And and I just feel like everything now is for people, they're, they're all using it to get to the next step, to get ahead. If she's, you know, the VP position is gone. So is the audition now for some appointment should Biden win? I mean, everything is about everybody's next step without any consideration for the people that are not being addressed and served here and now. And you fired up these, you know, I'm sorry, let me just use the word people, save me the mail. You fire up these rednecks by it's now the Supreme Court has ruled you illegally grabbed power. They've got nothing but just a bitch about things. I'm bitching. I'm not giving any credible threats to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to work through it. But when you now see the consequence of that, now is the time for you to bring the state together. Yeah. Right? It's we can a, disagree. The court's ruled, right? We don't have to pick up guns. It's a very easy opportunity to do it. That's she what I, didn't take it. Now look, this is what I say. Um, She's as divisive as, as the president is. Ooh. 
I mean, Liptard Mark said that, and hey. and Democrat Karen said that. That's not me. I'm. You know what hey, I? Am? You're, you're being divisive. You're calling us names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm independent. Here's here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at my choices. This life we're living, we're grasping to a rope over a gorge of dung. That's what it looks like to me. The political choices are between the red trucker cap and the pink pussy hat, right? Those are the uniforms of the two parties who seem to have no real answers. I'm just going to, real quick, here's the thing. Facts. The economy, will you listen to this show? The economy is built on a house of cards before the pandemic. The U.S. economy grew by $500 billion in 2019, but it took the government to borrow $1 trillion to do it. We couldn't pay $400 billion in interest on our debt, and we needed another $600 million to provide the basic services. Then household debt is at all-time high, corporate debt, federal debt. When you have an interruption to the debt payments, boom, down it comes. We told you that, didn't we, Karen? Told you that before the pandemic that was coming. No, on the left... Whitmer likes to crow that we're in the top 10 rebound, right, in terms of uh, economic activity after the corona pandemic, which apparently we're still in, except we're 10th in unemployment. And because you unilaterally and did not deal with the Republicans, you keep end, end round, what is it, end the rounding? Yeah, end the round. Yeah, you keep mm -hmm. end the rounding. You did that with the budget before the pandemic. Now all those unemployment checks are not legal. And now you're calling for the Republicans to come back and deal while millions don't know where the turkey's going to come from, much less the Christmas presents. Right? Okay, so yeah, look, Trump dithered, downplayed, right? We don't have a national strategy. If you don't believe that, what can I say to you? But let me give you this here. Whitmer says her response is largely a success. By what measure? Michigan has the highest death rate for a state with at least second highest death rate for a state with at least 10 million people and the ninth highest death rate overall. Now, here's the thing. Excess mortality. That's a fancy way of saying people that died and we don't know why. Like if you average 2016, 17, 18 and 19, we've got 10,000 extra deaths that we can account for in Michigan this year. What do you think that's from? Well, what's changed? Okay, what's changed? COVID. We have 3% of the country's population and 12% of the excess mortality. We never counted the nursing home deaths, remember? Remember? So don't tell me. Oh, by the way, all you COVID hoax people, that's exactly the opposite of they were overcounting COVID. They were undercounting COVID. It's real. It's real. It killed people. Nobody did a good job here. Can we say that in the middle? Huh? Yes. Can we? Yeah. Okay. Now, here's who's active. We're going to go out on this. I know we're running along, but I was going to have uh, Agnes Hitchcock on a little closer to the election, but then my absentee ballot showed up. And I'm like, oh, the election's right now. Mm -hmm. So Agnes is, do we call her yet? Yeah, she's on hold. Okay. Agnes is the power behind vote no on proposal N. I'm going to, let me just introduce it with, uh, with um, um, hope not handcuffs. Sure. So we can let her go uninterrupted. Uh, 
Agnes Hitchcock is brought to you by Hope Not Handcuffs. Since 2017, the Hope Not Handcuffs program has helped 4,600 people get the help and resources they may not have gotten otherwise. Anyone struggling with a substance use disorder or addiction, whether it be heroin, painkillers, cocaine, even alcohol, can go into 100 participating police locations and ask for help with no fear of being arrested. The police officer will treat you with compassion and call a volunteer angel that will come to the department and assist with paperwork and make phone calls to get you placed in treatment that very day. Safe, clean, well-lighted. The first step doesn't need to be the hardest. There is hope. Go to HopeNotHandcuffs.com to learn more and make the step toward recovery. And I think this will be the last time. Yeah this season that we will be advertising with them. It's a end of the year sort of thing. It's been my pleasure and honor to speak these words. Uh, God bless you for the work you do there and go to hope, not handcuffs. It'll, it'll stay up whether we're advertising or not and get help. Love each other. Okay. Having said that, are you there? Agnes Hitchcock. Yes, I am here. Hi, madam. How are you? Great. Thank you. How about yourself? Good. I was thinking, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, you know what? Agnes, go. Why should people, what is Proposal N? It's very local, I know. And why should people vote no? Proposal N is a, has been put up um, as a neighborhood blight cleanup program. So that's what it says. Everybody likes neighborhood improvement. Mm. And when you see that, everybody's thinking, oh my, my neighborhood's going to look better. However, they failed to tell you that Proposal N will be on your property taxes. So after they've already snatched $600 million from the people in the city of Detroit in over-assessment, which actually caused some people to lose their homes, caused some people to make sacrifices to pay taxes that they never really owed, and then they have people in those crazy property tax agreements. So... When, this, when we discovered this and the mayor addressed it in his State of the Union message, he says, yes, we did overassess Detroit property tax owners. And yes, we did. But the problem is I've spent the money. I can't give you a credit and I can't give you a tax refund. Fine. Who does that? Who actually steals from the residents, causes them to lose their homes, go into crazy agreements, and then says, I can't, it's not legal for me to give you a tax credit. Now, let me go here, Agnes. We have a, in Detroit, and this affects the whole state, we have another pension crisis looming. Couple hundred million dollars we're going to find out we don't have. We, people are getting their water shut off. People, once again, are starting to lose their homes to foreclosure because they can't afford the property taxes. The water's getting shut off. There's a million things we could talk about. Why... Do you think the mayor's got such a hard-on to do more demolition that he's already in trouble for? See, I believe these people <laughs> have a goal. It doesn't matter if black people in the city of Detroit are collateral damage, roadkill, whatever it is. They have a, role, a goal that they're going for, and they intend to reach that goal. So, we all, well, maybe we don't all know that the Land Bank Authority is loaded with corruption. There was an audit done in the city of Detroit recently, and they found so many mismanagement problems in the Land Bank Authority that it's ridiculous. 
they double bill, they don't keep good records, and in addition to that, the city of Detroit gets $50 million every year for demolition, straight up $50 million. Hardest hit funds come in here, and they reach over into federal money that is directed to one thing and use $265 million out of that for demolition. So we all know when you buy the federal money, you're going to have to give that back. So in this time of pandemic, Duggan comes up with this $250 million scheme to pick the residents' pockets to have some more money to do bid rigging with. And there are already people that have gone to prison for bid rigging in the land bank authority. So we cannot trust them. The people in the city of Detroit, we don't mind paying taxes. We really don't. But what they do with these proposals is, if you look, proposals expire over a period of time. The last election, three proposals passed. They were re-upped. Every time a proposal passed, Mm. they come back with something different and say, well, if it's schools, they do S one time, E the next time, and then they'll do X for excellence. Renewing the same proposal every time. Those proposals are not meant to be continuous forever. They're for a special product. See, here's here's the thing, Agnes. I believe the feds are coming for that money. I, I know they're active. I know there were grand juries. If the feds want payment back for the fraud, the big rigging, the collusion, the lack of paperwork, Detroit's already broke. Where would they get it? Can anybody in Duggan's administration make a promise that not a penny of this would go back to pay federal fines should they come? That's the question the media should be asking. That, that is a question, but see, they won't address that. They no. simply say neighborhood improvement. That's what? it. They don't want to talk about the corruption in the land bank authority. They don't want to talk about mismanagement. They don't want to talk about anything except neighborhood improvement, $250 million. Would you please approve it? We say no. We cannot trust them to do anything that they tell us to do. Agnes, you're one of the most brilliant minders of local government that I know. You know, not just we don't agree on the same things, but you do the work. You know where the money is. Your Detroit will breathe to me. You're the person that leads. And I see you on your own time and your own dime coming up with radio ads, cardboard mailers. And on the other side, who's funding vote yes on proposal N? We don't know. It's a post box and it's a 501c4 dark money charity funded by a super PAC, which is funded by a super PAC. And they... uh, Share a mailbox. You know what you're up against, don't you? It, do, it doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. I don't like to see anyone mistreated who will not defend themselves or they're too weak. And personally, I, do, I never accept discrimination and I never accept disrespect. I want the same thing for myself that I want for everybody else. It, it's an insult to me for you to overtax my property make me use a credit card to pay my taxes because I didn't expect to pay that much, and then turn around and ask me for $250 million, I say that they better hope that that $250 million bond doesn't pass. Because if it does, we'll be looking at them with a microscope for the rest of their lives and hope that we can get the FBI to go along with it. They're going along with it. I say, 
anyone who can hear my voice, vote no on proposal N. It is actually a property tax. It's mm-hmm. going to be on your property taxes. It's going to be collected on your property taxes. And if you do not pay your property taxes for whatever reason, you are subject to lose your property as a result of proposal N. So right here, we say no on proposal N. That's it. If anybody wants to help us with this issue, give me a call. Area code 313-874-2792. Early voting is taking place as I speak. We need to have people posted up on those polls because people who are doing early voting, they're walking into the voting stations. They haven't cast their vote yet. Now, that's the one place that we're coming up short is we don't have enough people covering those early voting polls. So call me, area code 313-874-2792. Let's make Mike Duggan wake wake up on November 4th and everyone who's supporting this proposal because they see where they can get a little something. Say, for instance, a contractor who doesn't live in the city of Detroit gets a $3 million contract. That's him alone. They promised black people in the city of Detroit. Oh, you heard about the new dirt contract, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, we got so much to talk about. I'll call you tonight over a glass of wine. Oh, I know. Out in the burbs. Oh, man, way out there. No dirt for Detroiters. Yes, Yes. all they need is a post office box in the city of Detroit. They got one. Possibly a storefront. Never store a piece of equipment up in here. And never hire black people except for a few tokens. And you know what I say? I see. This is where we go uh, different. I go like this. I don't give a shit who you're hiring if it's graft. If this is an argument, like, hey man, some of the black contractors should get the graft. I'm against all the graft because graft ultimately screws the people. I agree with that. Right on. Graft ultimately screws the people. So what I want is a fair. No, I want them to manage the money that they already have. Do not do bid rigging. Do not do it. Do not do it. What you're going to do is you're going to spend our money frugally. You're not going to tell your favorite contractors how much the bid is so that they could underbid it. Then come back and do add-ons and add-ons and add-ons. Yes, that's you don't how it go, works. You don't go from $7,000, seven dollars to $10,000 for demolition and then... Later on, you are up to twenty twenty five thousand dollars for a demolition. That is bid rigging. Yes, that is bid rigging. That's what it now, is. I'm going to say two things. One, anybody from the administration that would like to come on here and answer some of these questions, why we're picking demolition instead of water help or or helping people with property tax and paying them back what you stole from them, let me know. Or who's in that mailbox? That will be good because no me gusta. Corruption. No me gusta. And finally, Agnes, with no disrespect, Karen won't answer it, but vibrating sexual toys. What's your take on that? What is with you? Well, I tell you, I like the real thing. Oh, see, Karen, yeah! Woo! And with that, we'll take it out. Love everybody. Thanks for being out, Agnes, and the me gusta. Thank you, Carolyn. Agnes for the win. Me gusta alberga. Chuchi frito. 12 de la noche en La Habana, Cuba. 11 de la noche en San Salvador, El Salvador. 
los aviones me gustas tú me gusta viajar me gustas tú me gusta la mañana me gustas tú me gusta el viento me gustas tú me gusta soñar me gustas tú me gusta la mar me gustas tú qué voy a hacer yo no sepa qué voy a hacer yo no sé qué voy a hacer yo soy perdido I really reached my breaking point after I made that jump to heroin, and I just knew if I didn't make a change, I would ultimately lose my life. I was passing by a police department, and I just made the split-second decision to walk in. The police officer greeted me, hope not handcuffs arrived, and saved my life. 
The first step doesn't need to be the hardest. Let us help guide you to recovery. Go to HopeNotHandcuffs.com to learn more.